Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Melissa Mason. And I'm Laura Brodnick. Laura, I've already had two coffees today. Neither of them was a mocha. Oh my God, I'm going to have a mocha straight after this. I know it's bad. It's so embarrassing. I was going to get one before the podcast, but I ran out of time. I can see our producer cheering because we're not meant to have coffee. We need it. (laughs) We need it. Yeah, look, we've got a big day of news today. A new royal biography has been released. And once again, Meghan Markle is the focus and she is being cancelled by the media. But should she be? We'll be talking about that later. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. So in movie news today, my favourite kind, the first trailer for She Said has been released. So that's the film adaptation of the book by New York Times reporters Jodie Cantor and Megan Tui. There's been a lot of hype around this book being turned into a movie. So the two journalists are played in the film by Kari Mulligan, who people would know from Promising Young Woman, and Zoe Kazan, who people would know from her role in The Big Sick. And they won a Pulitzer Prize along with New York Times reporter Ronan Farrow for their 2017 investigation into the sexual predation of the formerly untouchable film producer Harvey Weinstein. So that whole period of that time where every article and story was about allegations against Harvey Weinstein, these women were really pivotal in the first big story that broke around that and brought him down. So in their report, they ended up telling stories of abuse from a number of prominent Hollywood women and also just a lot of people working within the film industry. And their work very much helped to ignite the Me Too movement. Why is sexual harassment so pervasive and so hard to address? Let's interrogate the whole system. Hi, my name is Jody Cantor. I'm an investigative reporter for the New York Times. What have you got? I was told that the wrongdoing in Hollywood is overwhelming. I don't want to be quoted, period. Understood. In your previous stories. How did you persuade women to tell you what had happened to them? A case I made was, I can't change what happened to you in the past, but together we may be able to help protect other people. The truth, basically. So She Said also stars Patricia Clarkson and Samantha Morton. It'll be out in cinemas in November of this year, and there's already a bit of Oscars buzz around it, so I'm excited. Everybody, Chris Evans is looking for a wife. In an interview with Shondaland, the Captain America star said he is, quote, laser-focused on finding someone to spend his life with, much to the excitement of literally every single woman in the world, including myself, even though I have a boyfriend. (laughs) 
<laughs> I feel like that's not what's going to stop us from no. dating Chris Evans. <laughs> no offense. Not. That's not the only <laughs> obstacle. The statement came via a group interview with stars of The Grey Man, which is the new Netflix film starring Chris alongside Ryan Gosling, Anna de Armas, and Billy Bob Thornton. Lots of stars in that one. Chris was asked what else in life he's laser focused on because his character, the villain Lloyd Hansen, is apparently laser focused on tracking down Ryan Gosling's character or something. Well done interview, I have to say. <laughs> and he said, okay, good question. And then you can see him thinking and then he goes, you know what? We're going to do this. I'm going to give you a good answer. Maybe laser focused on finding a, a partner, you know, someone that you want to live. I mean, look, I love what I do and it's great. What I, I pour all of myself into it. But, but, but in terms, e- even this industry is full of pockets of doubt and hesitation and recalibration and in terms of really trying to find something that you really pour all of yourself into maybe it's about trying to find someone that you you're looking to spend your life with look i was gonna say that i volunteer for tribute but actually i think i'm just gonna slide into his dms laura with your email address i know i'm primed to marry chris evans i will take (laughs) one for the team like i don't have crushes on celebrities a lot Mm. of the time i think in our line of work that just gets all thrown out the door because they just all come off as like a little bit annoying and they're never as good when you meet them in person not that i met chris evans in person but i think he has this or at least what he presents to the public is very like sweet very caring very like woman's rights orientated like as soon as anything happens he's straight on the twitter Getting the hottest thing you can do the is support thing. women. Yeah, he's <laughs> a all, straight man. He's all like abortion for everyone. Let's donate. Let's get to the streets. I'm here for that. And I think that's what is so attractive about him is beyond. Obviously, he has like classic Hollywood lead man good looks, but he also just seems to have this big heart. Unless it's all an act. If we want to go down the Laura cynical angle, <laughs> I know. But, you know. That's usually where I would go. <laughs> but look, he's like kind of a serial monogamous. Like I was looking back into his relationship history, I forgot that he dated like Jessica Biel for five years, Minka. Kelly for seven years, Jenny Slate for two years. I loved them together. I, I mean, I obviously didn't know anything about their relationship. They probably broke up for very good reasons. There was but... so much backlash around him dating her. He, no, I think I loved he, she gave an interview talking about the fact that they started dating and he like pursued her. And why wouldn't you? Because she's like so yeah. smart and amazing. And then when they started dating, everyone's like, really? Her? She's oh. not that attractive. And she had to give an interview being like, I'm plenty attractive enough to date Chris Evans. She's Thank gorgeous. You. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she dumped him and now she's married to someone else. She kind of came out okay. Yeah, look, she's fine. Look, everyone's fine. But look, jokes aside, what I love about this is it is so refreshing to see a Hollywood leading man be vulnerable about love. I agree. And I know it was very out of character for me to bring this up in our morning meeting. And I was like, (laughs) I don't know. I just don't know if I've had an aneurysm or something's happened to my brain. But I was just really taken back with like Chris Evans because of who he is, because he's a man and he's in this Hollywood's biggest action franchise and he's in his 40s, which for a woman would be like, you know, send her out to pasture. But for a man in Hollywood, it's kind of like just getting going. He'll get an Oscar in a few years. And I think that that has protected him from that unlucky in love tag very mm. much. Because if this had been a woman who had, you know, had all these high profile breakups, had mm-hmm. been like single, at least in the public eye, single. Like Ooh, Jennifer been- Aniston is like the perfect example of that, right? 
right? Yeah, exactly. And she's been a lot luckier in love than Chris Evans. Yeah. You know, she's been married twice. Obviously, that's not luck. We're not getting into that. But normally, if that had been like a woman in the public eye who had had a couple of high-profile breakups and then no public relationships except being like photographed with Lily James and that sort of stuff recently, he's done interviews before where he's like, yeah, I really want to find a partner. I want to be in love. I just can't find anyone. And everyone's just like, oh, Chris Evans, you roguish bachelor. If that was a woman, this headline would have been plastered over magazines being like, unlucky in love, can't find a soulmate. When will it be me desperate to be a mother? Like, Well, that's literally what Jennifer Aniston's headlines were. Like they literally were. I remember there was a magazine cover that was like unlucky in love, Jen, or something along those lines back in the 2000s because we were constantly like, oh, this woman has to want babies. She must want to find a partner and have Mm. a family. We do not do that to Hollywood men. And like I think it's really the antithesis of what Hollywood men have usually made their message to be because usually they're like, you know, these rogue bachelors, like George Clooney, great example, Mm. rogue bachelor, I will settle down when I want to and Mm. then I'll just pluck a woman, like not that this is what happened with Amal and Amal is incredible. But it was framed like this. This this is the framing of their story is like I'll just pluck an amazing woman out of a pile when I want to (laughs) and I'll just have a family when I feel like it, whereas he's really changing that messaging here and I think that is you know what? I don't know if I'm getting like crazy with this. Is it brave? Is it brave? I don't know. Maybe I've like gone the too far. Bar's so low for white straight men in Hollywood. The bar's so low that I'm going to say, I guess it is brave. I guess. I don't know. Let's find someone for the poor guy. He's suffering. So let's make it happen. If not, I will take one for the team. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. In an exclusive extract from Tom Bauer's upcoming unauthorised biography titled Revenge, Meghan, Harry and the War Between the Windsors. What a title. Otherwise, I know, right? <laughs> Otherwise known, this is how it's been marketed, as the book Meghan Markle will be dreading oh, because God. it gets into the rift between mm. her and the royal family. So an extract from this book has been run in the Times this week and the first story, because they're going to be dropping a few different extracts before the book comes out, is already causing a stir. So the one that's come out in the Times this week is called The Inside Story of Meghan and Vanity Fair. So already you're thinking... Some shit has gone down behind the scenes of Meghan Markle's iconic Vanity Fair cover and the article really does deliver. So it starts off by painting this picture of like we're back in 2017, Meghan Markle and Harry have just started dating and it starts off by saying that Vanity Fair's feature editor pitched to Graydon Carter, so he was the infamous editor-in-chief of Mm -hmm. the magazine at the time, that Meghan should be offered not only an interview but also a guaranteed feature on the cover. And they go on to say Carter, famed as a man ahead of the curd, had never heard of Meghan or Suits. Nevertheless, he was persuaded that Harry's latest girlfriend was destined to change the royal family and agreed that the interview would appear in the September 2017 issue. So already, I mean, I guess that's what happened, if that's Mm. the facts, but already they're kind of like setting Meghan Markle up to be like, 
She's an absolute nobody. The editor of Vanity Fair doesn't even know who she is. But because she's dating Prince Harry, mm. they're going to give her a cover, which is pretty extreme at the time. I mean, magazine covers are still kind of big deals now. Because yeah, they have, like, like you, tells. Need, you need to be able to sell. Like, as someone who worked in magazines for a while, like, I'm very aware of every time you would do the cover, it was this really gut-wrenching decision of who's mm. going to be on it because it needs to be able to sell based just on being slapped on the newsagent stands. Also because you've got to do them so far in advance. Like you've got this features editor mm-hmm. who's telling her boss she's dating Prince Harry right now. You know, we have to just hope that in a few months' time they'll still be together and the world will care about her, which obviously did end up happening. But Prince Harry at the time, he had a few girlfriends. Yeah, he used to go through, like not go through girlfriends, but he used to just kind of date around, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. So then the article goes on to say that after, and it's just with the language, like I think you could tell the story in a different way but the author of the book has really chosen to very much paint Meghan Markle. Oh, yeah. Even sometimes subtly, sometimes here not so subtly, as a very calculated yeah. Hollywood star. They are out for blood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it says when the call came that she was getting the Vanity Fair cover, Meghan was ecstatic. After her agency's years of struggle to get her notice, <laughs> Vanity Fair approving that her relationship with Harry was going to put on the cover was priceless. I just hate the way this story is being framed already, but yes. And then it says thousands of Hollywood wannabes, Megan knew, had begged Carter for Vanity Fair's recognition and been denied. And also, this is where it gets a bit dicey in terms of her team is saying in this article, like their recollection of it, is that they agreed it would be an interview to introduce Megan to the world, but also it should be to emphasise the 100th episode of Suits. So it should have been about her and her career and this TV show, which was popular, but it's not Game of Thrones or anything. It's not. It's not. But at the same time, this is exactly what all publicists do. Like, you definitely know this, Laura. You would interview loads of people. Mm. I've only interviewed a few people, but like every time I have, it's like the publicist is always pushing for the show or the movie or the song release. Like that's what they want the focus to be because that's what they're publicizing. And then you as the writer are like, oh, well, I need something more here, you know? Exactly. The negotiation between a journalist or an interviewer and the talent's PR team, it is like, never been in war talks or like hostage negotiations or anything, (laughs) but I guess it's kind of similar. Maybe. I had to turn down an interview with Angelina to Jolie because not only did she want to approve the questions, that's fine, Mm -hmm. she wanted to write the questions. Oh, my goodness. And then she was going to answer them herself. And I was like, Angelina, do I need to be here? No. (laughs) You're just going to interview yourself and send it on through. So we're not at that level with Meghan Markle But this is normal, I guess, what we're saying. Like this isn't isn't Meghan is the devil here. Like this is really normal negotiation stuff. She's kind of put some caveats in place when the journalist came to her home. And that's the thing. It wasn't just one of those interviews where they're hopping on a Zoom or a call Mm -hmm. or going into like an interview room. The journalist was going to her home to spend the day with her, which I think is already like, obviously you get a better interview that way, but that's when issues between her and Kashner, who's the journalist, started getting a bit murky because apparently he said that she really wanted to tell the world I'm in love with Harry and that she was doing the interview with Harry's blessing. And then afterwards it came out that Harry and the royal family, I mean, this is all in the book, like the royal family haven't said this, but they were very aware that Princess Diana and Sarah Ferguson had destroyed themselves in interviews. This is a direct quote from the book. And so Harry had ordered Meghan to remain tight-lipped and silent about sensitive subjects. So I mean, she wasn't allowed. did he order her? Well, like, this book is just framing this so I get the vibe. I just, I'm so sick of this happening to Meghan Markle. I don't even love her that much, okay? But I just feel like, why do we want to 
destroy this woman so badly that every single story, every biography, every everything is just you are the most evil, manipulative, calculating woman on the planet. Harry probably said to her, my mum had horrible experiences in interviews. Yeah, be careful. I really think that you should not talk about us. Considering their relationship now, surely that's what actually happened. Ordered. Oh, my God. So apparently, yeah, Harry ordered her not to talk about Donald Trump. I feel like everyone would have been on her side with Donald Trump. Race, their relationship, and especially himself, he was not to be mentioned. But then in this book, it says, like, when they sat down to eat lunch, and he's saying that Meghan was fussing too much with the cheese and that books about London, the royal family, were stuck around the kitchen. And he's like, I don't think she's ever read any of these books. How would you know? Bit of an assertion (laughs) to... Put Bit into, of an assertion. Also, like, I haven't read half the books in my house, Mr. Journalist, okay? It's like you're already setting the reader up to be very against yeah. her before they even get to the part where they're sitting down to lunch. Mm. He also, this is Kashner, the journalist, who's been interviewed yeah. for this book, says that he and Megan were playing a cat and mouse game where she was calculating how to take advantage of the cards she could play. And then he okay. went on to say that after lunch, she sat down, kicked off her shoes. This is gross. Tucking her legs up onto her seat, Megan visibly relaxed and to Kashner appeared sexy. Oh, God. It's the it's, classic male journalist. Yeah. Like, this she guy, walked in hair tousled, her lips just bitten. They always do this to women in interviews. Why? So before we've even really gotten to what Megan is saying, mm. this is how the author has set it. us yeah. up to think that she's calculated She's got books in her apartment she hasn't read and she's trying to seduce him yeah. on the couch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are you saying here? So Kesha? you're already primed to be against her mm-hmm. when, the t- when he says, tell me about Harry. And she says, we're a couple, we're in love. And he notes that she says it directly into the recording device. She goes on to talk a little bit and say, we're happy, we have a great love story. And the journalist is in his head at the time. He's thinking, bullseye, so elated, I've got her, I've got the headline. And obviously, like, the cover came out. There was a huge deal about how natural and beautiful she looked. Mm -hmm. And across the front, it was a big tagline, like, I'm crazy about Harry. Yeah. To which Meghan Markle's team, according to this book, were furious and complained. And there were also some inaccuracies in there just about what times they had met. So she said that she had met Harry in July 2016, not May. The magazine published a correction, but already it kicked off this thing in the media where she was seen as like this untalented actress who was trying to trap Harry. Yeah, like trying to level up by promoting her relationship with Harry over her actual talents, inverted commas, not inverted commas, but like that's what people were thinking. And this is why I can't stand this because, yes, absolutely, I understand Keshna being like, bullseye, I've got it, because Mm. that's what you want in an interview. You're thinking of your headline, you're thinking of your cover story, that's his cover story. He's sorted. And we've all had that thought in interviews. They say one thing and you're like, yes, I've got it. And then you're just like nodding and smiling. But in your head, you're already writing the intro. I don't care. Yes, great story about backstage antics on that movie. Don't really care. But yeah, exactly. And so I don't shame him for that. But what I can't stand is that the thing that we nitpick with Megan always is that she talked about her relationship with Harry and that was splashed all over the news and then we decided that that was her fault and that all the suits side conversations were her trying to level up her career. But actually this is what journalists do Mm. because that was what was going to sell magazines, that's what was going to sell stories on the internet and she was probably talking more about suits and 
we just pulled those bits out. So why are we then assuming that she had an ulterior motive here? If you look at the overall context of the Vanity Fair covering, how infamous it's become, I don't have any fault with the journalist asking about Harry because, Hmm. to be fair, there's no way she gets that cover or really even an interview with Vanity Fair without Prince Harry. Like, Suits was a popular show. And she was on it and people liked her, but she wasn't the lead and it wasn't winning any awards. They even say in the article, like they're so in this book extract, they're so trying to take her down. They say that Megan reconsidered her fate when she saw how popular she became from the magazine. And it says the producers of Suits were awestruck that an actress from their series with a mere 1.5 million viewers had made Vanity Fair's cover. Their only disappointment was that the royal relationship did not improve the ratings. On a positive note, Harry remained utterly loyal. So yeah, the- because he probably didn't order her not to talk because he's probably like, oh, you know, things happen. Anyway, I'm just so tired of her getting this portrayal. Like, I just feel like it's over and over again. Leave the poor woman alone. They're off happy but you know, I under- with their kids. I understand why because the thing is, like, there's not much in this media landscape at the moment that you can guarantee that people will click on. Mm. And bad stories about Meghan Markle It's a guaranteed click. And also this whole book, like there's so much in this extract. This is one tiny extract from a whole book, which is about her and the royal family. And from what we've seen from this extract, because it's written very much to place her as a villain, Mm. it's a whole book written to kind of take her down. Yes. And that's what I mean is it's just constantly happening. And look, I guess I just feel like when's enough enough and... I think really what we should do as people who consume this kind of media is look at why we hate Meghan Markle if we do. I don't. But, you know, if you do, that's okay because I think we've been fed this so often that it would be natural for some of us to hate her. But why? What is it about her that you hate and where are you getting that information from? Yeah, and also just, like, take this book with a grain of salt because it's written to kind of get you into the headspace to be very much against her. I'll just leave you with the last line of this extract. It says, The besotted prince ignored the warnings that Meghan spelled trouble for the palace. And that's like, come back to the Times next week for we print another extract taking down Meghan Markle. So we will link the Times article if you would like to read the full story in our show notes. And look, unfortunately for Meghan, it looks like she's in for another bumpy media ride. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. This episode of The Spill was produced by Laura Brodnick and Gia Moylan with audio production by Rhiannon Mooney. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au and on The Spill Instagram page. Bye. 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 Na 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 na